0: Season of Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries, and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they've faced throughout their careers, how they became them, and what tips they for girls of my age. Today, my guest is the amazing Alvina Malik, who is the CEO of One Million Mentors. One Million Mentors is a community-based mentoring programme quickly growing around the UK. The aim is to transform young lives by connecting 1 million young people with, a, with 1 million mentors. Thanks for joining me today, Alvina. Can we start by you telling me how your career took you into mentoring and when you came up with the 1 million mentors idea?
1: Thank you, Grace. Firstly, can I just start by saying I am just incredibly delighted um, to talk to you. Um, so One Million Mentors. One Million Mentors is um, a real passion project for myself and my co-founder, who's called Rishinara Ali MP, and she's an MP for Bethnal Green and Bow. And both Rishinara and I um, sort of uh, came to know each other really when we first started our careers in government. She worked at the Home Office and I worked in what is now known as the Equality and Human Rights Commission and we were both very passionate about tackling social justice, promoting equalities and making sure that everyone is treated fairly regardless of their background. And, in our respective work, uh, we both came across some sort of structural issues, some systemic issues as to why yeah. people uh, and, and particularly young people were struggling to succeed um, because of their backgrounds, either due to their sort of um class or their race or their yeah. religion or identity um and through our work in influencing government to promote um you know policies that would support equality uh we recognized actually that young people needed to you know specific leadership programs which would yeah. allow them to fulfill their potential so rushnara um uh took a uh recommendation that she made to the home secretary at the time uh who was david Blunkett, and and said we need to really find leadership programs for young people coming from diverse backgrounds who have all of the abilities, but not many of the connections and networks in order to succeed. And we plug these young people into power. So she set up what um, is now known as the Uprising Leadership Charity. And this charity um, basically has worked with tens of thousands of young people over the last 12 years um, in order to support young people and plug them into power. Now, I ran Uprising um, back in 2010 to 2012 for two years. And one of the things that both Roshanar and I recognised very, very quickly was Um, that whilst we gave young people a whole array of opportunities and um, sort of action-orientated experiences, it was actually the element of mentoring that had the the most significant impact on young people's life chances and opportunities. So we knew that mentoring worked. Uh, A trusted adult that would support a young person and help them identify opportunities, but importantly also social and professional networks that these young people wouldn't necessarily have Um, fast forward I left the UK for a couple of years with my children um, and went travelling came back and the referendum happened which was a huge shock exactly yeah Yeah, 2016 Um, and a real shock to both Rishonara and I because we'd been working on promoting equalities and community cohesion for most of our career and to see the reverse and to see tensions arising out of the result of the referendum was really worrying but what was more worrying for us Greg was actually that the young people that we had worked with through the uprising leadership program now in their sort of mid to late 20s were really worried not just about their futures but about the futures of their communities their friends and family who were about to enter work um and the real issues around you know sort of certainty around jobs um the level of racism that was beginning to get uh, you know becoming much more apparent and therefore rishnan and i said right we need to do something really bold and ambitious and really support young people across the board um in these really uncertain times pre-covid obviously so this is about referendum in 2016 and so we came up with the idea from the learning from uprising mentoring is key And let's really sort of scale mentoring in the UK. And hence we came up with the idea of 1 million mentors. So we set up 1 million mentors as a consequence of the referendum in 2016 and have been running it now for the last few years.
0: Wow. That definitely seems like quite the journey that you've gone on, Alvino. Definitely quite, quite interesting having gone from really from government kind of work to all this way to one million mentors
1: that's right
0: now when you were at school now I definitely don't do not know what I want to be when I'm older did you know what you wanted to be or did that happen more later in life so
1: Grace I've always been really passionate about uh, making change and wanting to work towards yeah. everyone have been treated so probably not too dissimilar to you um, and this passion really has dictated my choices and decisions in terms of the degree that I took the masters and then into my working life so um I think it's fair to say that um you know the first Job that I had was at the uh, Commission for Racial Equality. It was my dream job. And through that, really, I've then gone on and worked, as you said, in government. I've worked in the public sector. I've worked in the third sector. Um, But the whole whatever I do is with a view, really, to do something meaningful and make a change. And, and that's what inspires me. And that's what uh drives me. But I'm also keen to sort of make sure that I broaden my experiences and not just stay in one job uh, in one sector. So I'm always keen to learn and always keen to engage in different sectors. But with that principle of whatever I do makes um, a positive change.
0: Well, I know you went to university, obviously, but um, (laughs) how important do you think it actually is to go with now? There are loads of apprenticeships everywhere.
1: Yeah, very good point, Grace. Um, look, it was important for me at the time, um, not just for the academic experience, but also the student experience. Um, and importantly, at that time uh, when I went, it was probably the main pathway for good job prospects. And I think you're absolutely right, Grace, that. There are so many alternative pathways now for young people like you, and it it doesn 't have to be university and There are some really exciting apprenticeship schemes out there that in some way are probably and possibly a more direct route to um, you know better prospects and good pay than necessarily going through the university route um, and potentially um, having the situation where you have a significant debt when you leave um, and yeah. go into work. So I think things have changed. Um, and I think everyone has to make a decision based on what they want, really. You know, I don't think there is a one size fits all anymore. It, there was for me, um, I think, but not for your generation.
0: Well, I know you worked with the Equalities and Diversity Committee for the Law Society. To be honest, I don't think of the law industry as the most diverse industry that we have. But I hope there is some changes in the, in the next couple of years. What progress do you think the law society has made in equality and diversity since you have left? Oh, such a great question, Grace. I think I think
1: um, I think most institutions, Grace, want to embrace equality um i don't think really and even more so now than ever before we're a hyper diverse country um and we're a hyper diverse world and i think the idea of having conformity or group think um doesn't make good business sense so there is a imperative to change and the law society, like most institutions, recognizes that. But I think you're right. There is a very long way to go. I think we know that in terms of, you know, at the most senior levels, when it comes to judges, um, you know, only 7% of our country, mostly privately educatedly, private educated, mostly white, mostly male, tend to be yeah. judges in the most senior positions across most sectors. So there is a long, long way to go. Um, I would hope uh, and I saw with the Law Society that there were small steps um, looking at ways of finding role models within the Law Society, which would encourage people to apply from different groups, uh, marginalised and underrepresented groups and be supported, mentored, buddied, etc, um, etc, cetera, et cetera, um, into uh, law. That was very much an approach that the Law Society took. Um, and it also, you know, wanted to be much more outward focus and, and engage at school level with young people like you so starting early and inspiring young people into the sector so i think it's it's it, you know it, it, this the idea of change the idea of having more diverse leadership is going to take a long while um, and the law society on its own can't achieve it it has to be across the board and and it has to be. and I think yeah. there's much more recognition that starting early with young people, ideally at primary school, if not early into secondary school um, yeah. and supporting those young people through things like one million mentors and getting lawyers to mentor young people interested in law is a positive step forward.
0: Definitely. Now. Obviously, we've all been hit by COVID with shops only just reopening and businesses trying to find what we now call a new normal, if we can call it that. How have you had to deal with the COVID-19 issues, both personally and professionally?
1: So personally, I think I have to say, Grace, it's been a relatively positive experience um mainly because uh, yeah mainly because I'm a mother of three daughters mm-hmm. and the fact that we were you know there was an imposition of lockdown and we had to stay at home has meant as a working mum I have been given the gift of time and uh, to spend with my children which has been fantastic mm-hmm. um particularly because Grace I have a um, 18 year old who's just received her A-level results and is off to university, um, a 14 year old and a seven year old, you know, all going through different transitions in their life and just being there and having more time with them has been wonderful on a personal level. Additionally, I think the fact that I'm not rushing around and commuting and going across the country to promote One Million Mentors in the different regions has meant, you know, much better well-being for myself and having time to spend, you know, looking after my health and doing walking, which has been brilliant. For One Million Mentors professionally, I think it's been a real opportunity um, to be innovative and to pivot, which has meant that we have gone online. We we mainly delivered one million mentors via face-to-face engagement now we've gone online which has opened up opportunities um grace to work with young people across the country but not geography bound in the way that we were pre-pandemic which has meant ultimately that we're able to now scale our offer and work with lots you know many more young people than we were before And especially at this very uncertain period. So from a professional perspective, actually, the pandemic has enabled us to probably accelerate our digital transformation and be able to scale far quicker than our business model had dictated pre-pandemic. The downside, um, and there's always a downside, of course, is from a personal and professional perspective, you know, there's a lot of worry. Um, you know, I've worried very much about, um, uh, my loved ones, my parents, particularly who are vulnerable. Yeah. And that level of sort of uncertainty, um, around staying well and staying healthy continues. And I think as a CEO of an organization, um, like many organizations, there was a real threat to our sort of sustainability, our ability to continue. So, you know, we had to really um, think about redundancy, think about putting people on furlough, um, which were which were difficult. We made difficult decisions. But um, overall, I think we're a better organisation and I'm a better leader and probably a better mother um, for going through this last 18 months.
0: Now, is there anything that you want to do in the future, either personally or professionally? One thing that I can think of is maybe if you reach 1 million young people, you might need to rename your business to 2 million mentors.
1: That's fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Actually,
1: one billion mentors, I think, is where Who we. Who
0: knows? Think. You maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be seven billion mentors, and you connected the entire world.
1: I love it. Absolutely, of course, I've got global ambitions, Grace. Um, that's definite, and I do think, actually, um, on a serious note, I think there is a real interest from other countries as to what one million yeah. mentors is doing in the UK. Um, I think for me personally, I think you know growth and change and Being effective in different sectors is really important. um, And I'm always constantly looking at sort of where I might make the greatest change next. So I think on a sort of professional level, I think that, you know, the private sector is a place I haven't worked in. um, And I think that that businesses, some of the most forward thinking Um, businesses are doing some exceptional things around diversity and equality and I'm really interested in that and being part of that and, and,
0: and evolving Social justice is clearly very important to you. Are we making progress in this area and what more would you like to see happen?
1: Um it really saddens me, Grace, because actually I think we're going in the reverse as a as a country, I think it's also a global phenomenon um I think um you know sort of where oh, we're regressing in terms of social mobility, uh, race equality, and tolerance so yeah there's you know it's it's not a good place that we're in at this moment in time, okay. that said, Grace, I do believe that your generation. Who are incredibly passionate, informed and w- not willing to tolerate intolerance is inspiring. And it's why we've developed, um, One Million mentors because we want to nurture that, that sort of, um, power and that kind of leadership skills that you young people display, um, for a better future. So I think right now, Things are challenging around social justice, but I do think the future is bright. And I do think your generation will really make significant change because you will use some of the experiences and the resilience that you have had to go through in a way that other generations have never had to experience for the better, for, for, for the better for the, for, for everyone.
0: Well, let's hope so because it seems like we've got a lot riding on it.
1: <laughs> uh, absolutely right. Yeah.
0: Well earlier you mentioned that you ran the charity uprising for 2 years from 2010 to 2012 um how do you think your work at uprising has helped had helped you to set up one million mentors so
1: that was my first role as um, a CEO of a small charity yeah. um, and we took it to scale. We took it from one city to four. Um, and I learned a huge amount in two years. Uh, we engaged um, then the former prime minister and the former leaders of the party to become uh, different parties, political parties to become patrons. Um, and. Through those connections, really, and continued connections, um, it was much easier to establish One Million Mentors because I understood the role of lobbying and influencing. Um, I understood the role of engaging with young people and identifying their needs and how we can support them and recognising that actually mentoring is a really p- powerful tool for social mobility and that's why we've sort of established one million mentors and it's very much driven from a history and a track record of working with diverse young people
0: well when we look at social media which i blows plays a huge part in everyone li- in everyone's lives now due to covid and probably before that it was pretty big too what advice would you give girls, say about my age, about how to use it and maybe probably not use it?
1: Great question, Grace. And um, as I say to my daughters who are not dissimilar to your age, only ever post things that you'll be proud to show your children in the future. Um, and I think there are three key things uh, that should underpin your, my daughter's, young women's engagement with social media, which are first always engage with self-respect yeah um maintain your dignity and dignity of others in your engagement and three which is really important grace is remain kind i think you know there's a lot of trolling there's a lot of um negativity on social media but i do think social media platforms can be a powerful tool for good if we follow those three principles
0: Well I really enjoyed chatting with you today Alvina. Thank you so much and I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their careers. Keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. Thank you to our sponsors Haynes Watts, Levi Strauss, Swinton Insurance and TalkTalk for their amazing and continued support.